0: The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. All ideas expressed are opinions and property of host Dr. Dori Lynn or the Center for Relationships, Sexuality, and Spirituality, LLC. It's time for Mindful Matters. Love, Sex, Spirit. Your host is Dr. Dory Lynn. Agent Experience are an asset. And Dr. Dory has put together experience, stories, some great guests, and connections with you, front and center, for a fun-filled adventure. We invite your participation as well. Now, here is Dr. Dory Lynn.
1: Welcome again to Mindful Matters. Love, sex, spirit, because as you know, I think those are the essentials of what makes life important, and today I'm going to talk about some important things. If I start to sound a little bit professorial, which I may, uh, my audiovisual guy Chip, who is significantly younger than I am, has been invited to pitch in and make people laugh. But I've been thinking a lot about the next book I'm going to write, and like many people my age, I start to think about what in life, I started to think and do think, about what in life do I think matters. What is mindful? What what matters? How does one live an authentic life, a life of meaning, a life of purpose? And I don't mean mega purpose like saving the world, but how does one feel fulfilled? So I've been jotting down ideas about qualities that I think really make a difference. I do uh, want to say that laughter, although I tend to be a somewhat serious person, we were teasing, my significant other sometimes teases me, and I have to look at him and say, Are you teasing me or are you serious? That says something about my lack of ability to discern humor, sometimes certain humor. But um, laughter, good belly laughter, is wonderful. It's equivalent to good sex. It keeps all of your endorphins going in a wonderful way. I think the most important things in life period. The single most important things are how one handles time because time is something that is a gift to all of us. Some have it for a few years, some have it for many years, but how we use it and not use it carelessly really matters. The other single most important and Um, I'm going to use some terms that are kind of trite. Our health, because the body is the temple of our soul. We've heard it over and over and over again. We don't tend to stay healthy unless we are actively interested in staying healthy. We don't have control. That's out of our We we are not people who can say we are not going to get cancer or a heart attack or a stroke. But taking care of oneself, what we eat, what we do with our bodies, how we move, are crucial qualities. When I lived in Washington, D.C., and this is not a political statement... I thought I didn't, I wasn't as impressed with Michelle Obama's eat healthy incentive. Uh, when I moved to South Carolina and I saw the rate of diabetes, the weight of people, it made a difference to me. We cannot carry extra Pounds and extra weight and think exercise is pushing a remote and being a couch potato, that just makes us a very boring vegetable. So how does one stay healthy? Well, I think on the whole it starts at a very young age. And one requires or develops, hopefully, some discipline that they love Whether it's running, walking, uh, going to the gym, um, ice skating, roller skating, biking, anything. For me, as you know, it's yoga. It keeps the body alive and supple. And the older we get, the more we need it. So I think how we handle time effectively efficiently, not carelessly, which is not something any of us ever think about when we're young, I don't think, and how we handle our health and how we raise our children healthily have become very important issues for me. And there'll probably be a chapter or two about those issues. What do we really need, them? In this age of fake everything, where it's very hard to discern what is real, whether it's a boob job, a face job, a political job, a photoshopped job, a set of facts that may or may not be accurate, how do we know what is real? We don't. So I'm going to talk a little bit later about the necessity for critical thinking, which is something we don't teach in school. We don't teach many of the qualities and the classes that I knew I was taught when I was growing up and are now eliminated frequently for technology. And it seems to me that the more technology we have, and the more virtual our lives, the more we need to critically think. The more we need to be able to discern truth from faction, from fiction, truth from fact from fiction. That's a good way of putting it. What else do we need? We need to be truthful. Truth is both relative and precise. When I use the word truthful, I'm talking about being truthful to oneself. And that means saying what one believes, hopefully in a way that's not hurtful to somebody else, being vulnerable, not an oak, but a willow. And I like that analogy because an oak is very strong, and we in America like to think of being strong and solid, Uh, but if you look at nature, oaks break. They split in half. You see this in the military, and what happens to people after they've had trauma? They frequently break both physically and or emotionally. A willow is a very different kind of symbol. A willow doesn't look very strong. A willow has very, very deep and very extensive roots. People who live in cities often plant willows without realizing that the roots will just go and go and go and frequently crack their houses in half or at least in pieces, Uh, and that is true. The roots will just get solid. The more solid the roots, the more the willow bends, and the more the willow bends, the wider the branches. The wider the branches, the more one has to give. So I don't think it is selfish. I think it is self-caretaking, to learn how to be a healthy willow and branch out so that one can give. Because if you're not strong within yourself, if you're not able to flow, if you're not truthful or authentic according to your values, uh, because truth is both exact and not exact, uh, we, we have less to give. I wrote a book on caregiving. And one of the things that I learned, as m- many caregivers know, is caregiving is a very serious issue because the caregiver becomes as sick as the person they are taking care of frequently because they give so much and they don't know how to ask for help, that they too wind up needing care. So there's a difference between being self-centered and self-caring. What else do we need in life? I think we all need to be courageous. For many years, I was fascinated by Rollo May's definition of Courage. Rilla Mayo is a profound thinker, philosopher, a psychologist. Uh, he may not have actually been a psychologist, but I believe he was. And in order to be courageous, you have to have fear. That's an interesting concept. We often think of courage as somebody who jumps into a burning fire as a fireman does, or someone who protects us from bombs, or uh, someone who will jump into a river to save someone. That's a kind of courage courage that happens because your system automatically acts. But life's courage is different any time we try something new, by definition, we are going into the darkness. Any time we go into the darkness, which means the unknown, we're afraid. Excuse me. And the difference in people is whether they freeze, flee, or manage to ask for help or go through that fear to come out the other side. So it's very, very hard to be a courageous person in life, which means a person who learns new things, moves ahead, takes risks, loves after loss, tries a new job after a disappointment, without being afraid. And we all know what being afraid is. We know the butterflies in our tummy, We know when we can't breathe. We know when we get depressed. We know that fear can stop us. And most people don't know how to reach out. Life really is too hard to do alone. We need community. We need each other. And this has been proven in terms of longevity and almost everything else. So we do need to reach out. Um, What else matters? We may think many, many things, but what about behavior? There's a difference between thinking mean thoughts, kind thoughts, and acting in a kind and generous way, in a loving way. Uh, When I moved to South Carolina, one of the hardest adjustments for me because I was living in the city and I wasn't driving. I didn't need to drive. In fact, cars were a detriment, not an asset. And suddenly I was driving and I must tell you, I was not a very good driver. I just sped around in a way that a New Yorker would speed around in fact, I'll tell you a funny story. I actually took myself to Trident College and took a driving course. I think I was the only one over 30. I think I was the only Caucasian. That's not what's very interesting. But I was the only one who was there because I was not court mandated. I just thought if I was going to drive the rest of my life, I better learn The things that I needed to know, I don't think I I learned much about driving. I did learn, and it was and was reminded about how frightening it is to be careless. And I did find people impolite. Um, Of course, New Yorkers are known for being impolite and honking on their horn, but. Pickup trucks would cut me off. People would just yell at me. If I drove the speed limit, they would pass me. And it was a very disconcerting learning experience for me. It took quite a while and there was a period of time when I wasn't sure that I would make it and I might just have to move back to a walking city, meaning walking right into Charleston rather than living out in a bucolic area. So uh, that's an example. I had not thought of that before. That's an example of facing a challenge. I was afraid. Uh, I've also flown planes, and I was very afraid. Uh, And I did not fly because I wanted to. I happened to fly because my late husband was a wonderful pilot, and we would fly all over and have great fun. And the noises of the plane frightened me so much that I said, if I don't learn what keeps this thing up, I am never, ever going to be able to have all this fun. So that's how I learned to fly. It was not because I was a great pilot or it was a passion of my life, as it is for other people I know. What else matters? So I think action and behavior matter, not just thinking, but action. I know in my own life, as I have grown older, I try to make my interactions with people positive. And there is so much horror in this world. We are guaranteed in life that there is suffering. We are guaranteed that there is Dissidents. We are guaranteed. Life comes with a guarantee that there are going to be hard times. So, why not, as individuals, bring as much joy to every interaction that you can, in whatever way you can? Why not try and balance some of that awfulness that we all know exists? Uh, So behavior matters. Saying something about meaning to do something or doing it is not the same as doing it. So I think watching action rather than listening to words really makes a difference. I'll tackle one other thought that I have. I think discipline matters in life. And I don't mean discipline like being a robot or, um, or uh, the discipline of the military. Uh, it is learning how to not give up when life throws a curveball. And we all know we're going to be hit in the head, we're going to be hit in the stomach, we may be even damaged. We're going to have curveballs if we don't know how to bend as a wind, as a willow, and embrace them, and also ask for help. Uh, I'm going to end there and then go back to the notion of effort, not the notion of hard work, but effort. What does it take to mean to have a meaningful life, not a shallow life. And it does take effort. This is Dr. Dari Lynn, Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. And that is what we're talking about. How do we develop these qualities as we go through life? And can we teach them? Certainly nobody was able to teach them to me when I was young. And maybe as an older person, it is our job to mentor younger people and help them have a little bit easier time as they go through life stages. 1-888-346-9141. 1-888-346-9141. Call with any of your questions or comments. We'll be back after the break.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Dr. Dory Lynn's latest book, Sex for Grown-Ups, reveals the truths, lies, and must-tries for great sex after 50. Now published by Simon & Schuster, this book shows that no matter the age, sex can be a wonderful experience. But there are efforts that need to be taken. Read the book, try some of the suggestions, and live a happier life with better sex. Right now, for a limited time, mention Voice America. And get twenty percent off the book when you email doctor Dory at doctordory.com. That's D-R-D-O-R-R-E-E at doctordory.com. Tune in to lead up for women.
2: Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Mindful Matters Love, Sex, Spirit with Dr. Dory Lynn. We want to hear from you today at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to drdory at drdory.com. Now back to Mindful Matters Love, Sex, Spirit.
1: Those of you who have been with me, Dr. Doring, know that I am passionately, absolutely passionately, talking about the things that matter to me. Nobody could have told me these things when I was younger. And I have no regrets. I lived my life fully as an adventurer with some wonderful experiences and some that were not so wonderful. It was certainly not a defined life. And I'll just give you one example. I was traveling the world for a year, kind of like Eat, Pray, Love, and I had my own version. And wound up in Afghanistan when the Russians invaded. That is not an experience I would choose to repeat. Uh, I thought it was a big adventure of the time. At the time, I've uh, I've been in um, India. I've been all over I also, uh, that whoops we just lost them. We there okay um, I also did something that in retrospect I'm very glad my mother didn't know uh, because why I did it, I don't know, but I was visiting Israel and Egypt. It was before the Sinai was divided. And I visited with Bedouins and I slept on the beach with the Bedouins. I think that could have been quite dangerous. I have almost never had a bad experience. And the three times that things were not good were partially because of my own ignorance and innocence. I did get sick sleeping with the Bedouins. God knows what I ate. Um, But it was a wonderful way to learn about understanding other ways of life. And that is a gift that I've had in my life to learn about other ways and about people. So uh, travel is just a wonderful opening experience. On the other hand, one can stay still and learn and go deeply just as easily. When we left, and again, this is Dr. Dore at Mindful Matters, uh, Love, Sex, Spirit. Um, We left and I was talking about the word effort. I don't like the term hard work. I haven't worked hard at everything I've done and I have slacked off and I've run away and I've had a lot of fun. Some of it, maybe being a child of the 60s, was not fun that everybody would have quote approved of or disapproved of, but I certainly learned a lot. One of the things that being willing to have effort, whatever that effort is, is to form your own opinions and to risk your own life. In order to do that, one, I believe, needs to have what I call a tribe or a posse, and that is a group of people who you can trust and you can believe and who believe who will believe in you and will be honest with you and will support you when life gets very, very tough. We certainly know from today's and political situation, which I won't go into, that you cannot live a life that is not secluded with raw skin and It hurts sometimes, and people won't always agree. They won't always like you, and they may say terrible things about you. And if you're going to risk being truthful, to go back to the very beginning, then you have to risk not being liked by everybody. People who think they are liked by everyone are a little bit blind, in my view, What they are really saying is they are liked by a certain group of people, maybe their church, maybe the people who believe the way they do, but they certainly are not liked by everyone. And we all have to know how to sustain being hurt and maybe not hit back, but understand why we are hurt. I remember being, when I was younger, being told we have one mouth and two ears. You know, we've all heard that, perhaps. That means if we listen, two ears, speak a little bit less, and being, be willing to learn, that's a real asset. We all have to learn, and there's no way to learn if we always have to be right or if we're always talking. Uh, that is something we see in politics all the time. What do I mean by learning, listening, and loving? Love is an odd word. It is not a word that people, in my view, can define easily. We all have different concepts of it. I think if it was an easy word, we wouldn't turn to poets who have struggled with the concept forever. In my experience as a therapist, as an analyst for a period of time, living in the shadow of people's souls, in their secrets, in their insecurities, where they feel like an imposter, as most people do at different times in life, no matter what their prestige, no matter what their title Most people do feel like an imposter at times. We all live with a shadow side where we're not always so nice and wonderful and even loving. And we need to understand that shadow side, maybe where it comes from, maybe our history, maybe our DNA, maybe our spiritual background, maybe a collective unconscious. I don't know the reasons, but I do know that people are not unilateral. They are complex, and they have multiple beliefs. So people need to, and I do think they need to, love. The only difficulty with loving, is it's maybe the hardest thing in the world, because in order to love fully and deeply, it means having to sustain loss. If one trusts and loves, one is going to lose. Lose, beloved, it, whether it's a partner, a spouse, a child, a friend, a home. My own home burned to the ground. That was a one of my homes, it was a devastating experience. How do people risk loving once they have been so badly hurt? My response is, how do you not risk? And that's where the notion of courage comes in. And that's where the notion of living life courageously in spite of fear, in spite of being afraid of loss. So love is an answer, is the answer in many ways. Not that we don't get angry, not that we don't feel murderous, not that we don't murder, some of us do, not that we don't go to war, but without love and the willingness to risk love, which means being vulnerable, back to the willow concept, then where are we? What are we going to say on our deathbeds? We have lived a life of self-protection and never learned to love? I don't think so. I think it is how we love and how we give and how we have compassion and how we have empathy and how we risk that matters in the end not how much gold we've acquired, or how many houses we have. That is not depth, in my view. What else do I really think is important? I do think the ability to sustain pain. When I was growing up, nobody ever talked to me about how to sustain pain and how to get through it and that there would be a tomorrow churches sometimes do a better job churches, temples, synagogues religious organizations but nothing lasts forever including pain but we do need to learn how to get through pain and we also for most of us need to learn I think that We can't do it alone. Nothing is forever. Absolutely nothing. Pain is part of living, and love is part of living. How do we, though, deal with all of these mixed feelings? Most of us don't like living in a gray area. Most of us like the safety of being right or wrong. Most of us prefer a black or white world. Why is that? It's safer. It makes us feel secure. It makes us feel that the world is safe and that we will be safe and that we will know that the sun will come up tomorrow, which it may and it may not in the world we're living in now, with uh, climate change, if you believe in it, or hurricanes, or uh, people walking out on each other, or fires, or fires and brimstone, we don't know. We think we know black and white. We think we know how tomorrow will be. None of us know. None of us know who's going to be hit by a car, who's going to have a stroke, or if we're going to hurt someone in a devastating way. So any of you who listened to me last week knows that I'm upset about our current school system. Why am I upset? I'm upset because the more complex the world is, and the more complex the world gets, how do we define the very words I'm trying to talk about? How do we, um, how do we have critical thinking? What is critical thinking? I opened up my computer and there's more information in one hour on my computer if I want it than there was in the entire New York Times 50 years ago. I can't process all that. I don't think children can process it. And I do think that's one of the reasons we have ADD and AHD and everything else. Our psychobiological systems, our children's systems, freeze as young children. They can't take the, the... Onslaught of TV, radio, phones. Get that cell phone out of your kids' hands and limit time. I'm smiling as I'm saying this. I just want to say one thing. Um, There are studies, and they're irrefutable, that cell phones do emit radiation. Berkeley uh, just was handed a law, a court order that they had to admit that cell phones emit radiation. So this is just a hint. Ladies, do not put your cell phone between your breasts. Men, do not carry your cell phone in your pocket. Uh, Human beings, do not put your cell phone next to your head. These are all carcinogenic encouragements we cannot prove without a doubt that this happens but we can 90 some odd percent prove that it does and i have certainly been with women who don't like to carry purses just stick their their cell phone between their their boobs and carry it my my significant partner said he was with a woman Uh, He saw a woman do that, and he didn't know whether it was more appropriate to go over to her as a stranger. She was with a man, probably her husband, and say, ma'am, my partner's a doctor, and she's been studying this, and it really is dangerous, or was it kinder to just leave her alone and not intrude? These are very, very interesting issues. I will come back to the notion of critical thinking with all of this chaos because how do we learn critical thinking? How do we learn to think things through for ourselves? This is Dr. Dorey at one 346 9141 and you're listening to Mindful Matters, Love Sex, spirit, and uh, I was going to say the meaning of life as I see it, or at least tools for life, not the meaning of life, because we do need purpose in life. one 346 9141 Talk to you after the break. Do call in
2: says, Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Dr. Dori Lynn's latest book, Sex for Grown-Ups, reveals the truths, lies, and must-tries for great sex after 50. Now published by Simon & Schuster, this book shows that no matter the age, sex can be a wonderful experience, but there are efforts that need to be taken. Read the book, try some of the suggestions, and live a happier life with better sex. Right now, for a limited time, mention Voice America and get 20% off the book when you email Dr. Dory at drdory.com. That's D R D O R R E E at drdory.com. You are listening to Mindful Matters Love, Sex, Spirit with Dr. Dory Lynn. We want to hear from you today at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to drdory at drdory.com. Now back to Mindful Matters Love, Sex, Spirit.
1: Dr. Dory again at. Mindful Matters, and you know I mentioned that I called the show Mindful Matters because I do think life matters, and how we do it mindfully makes a difference. I do think that love makes the world go round, sex keeps us alive and kicking, as does laughter, and keeps us healthy. We know that statistically. We know that from studies from Blue Zones, which I'll go into some other time. And uh, spirituality is, I think, an inborn quality. Jung, the great psychiatrist Jung, believes that we are born with a spiritual need. And by that he means... uh, Well, I don't know exactly what he means, but I think he means that we need to be connected, that there's a conscious, cosmic consciousness. Maybe our souls go on forever, maybe not. If you believe in uh, Jesus or some other great religions, you may not agree with me. But there does seem to be a belief in an eternity That goes on, and uh, Jung said something very interesting. He said, if this is true, then rather than fight about which religion you should be, maybe you should just go back to the religion you're born into, which is one you're familiar with if you choose, and life can be a little bit easier as long as you acknowledge and accept other religions. Anytime we have I and the other, we cannot connect. It's that simple. And we see so much of that in the world today. So to go back to critical thinking, go back to my willow that's floating all over the place and whose branches are reaching out and uh, nurturing the world. How do we do critical thinking? Well, for one thing, And if I were teaching a course, I would ask my class to underline this about 4,000 times. And maybe I'll make a bumper sticker and you can write in and ask for it. You know, I have books to sell, which I haven't even talked about, books that I've written. But I think we need to value curiosity over judgment. Just think about that. How often in life do we come to a snap judgment immediately without having any curiosity about what made that other person act or think the way they do? What made us act or think the way we do? The world would be a much finer place if we had a little more curiosity rather than stagnant. Of course, we might not feel quite secure because we do looking something makes us very secure. And the minute we have curiosity, we have to ask questions, then we don't feel very secure. And there we are tumbling along, asking all the important questions of life. What else helps? Mentors, I am very grateful in my life that with all the really dumb things I did, and I have done some really dumb things, I always had mentors. I always had who, were when I was, and I would learn from them, and I would absorb, and I would think about what are they doing that I like, that I don't like, because at some point, we're all going to. Age. Aging is not optional. We're all going to age. It's how we age, and if we age well, that makes a difference. Having mentors that we can go to, and our parents, where we're likely to have a battle more often than not, having other mentors to learn from helps us get through life. I do think having a spiritual core not a religious but a spiritual core however you want to define that matters as well for me it is trying to be of mind as I can be I wasn't always there was a period in my life where I was a very angry young woman I would not have wanted to have been on the other side of a a verbal fight I'm a small woman I don't think I would have boxed, but uh, I was not always a nice person. I wanted what I wanted, when I wanted it, and I wouldn't have anyone stand in my way. Maybe that was a good quality at that time. in my life. It certainly led me to certain successes, as the world would define them, and maybe it was a life phase, but it's very interesting to know that I'm no longer there and that I can enjoy kindness, generosity, gratitude. These sound like uh, like words found nowadays, but I think they're genuine words. I think they really mean something. If you wake up in the morning with something to be grateful at the sunrise, the person you may be sleeping next to, a book you've read, just being healthy, it makes a difference. As a sourpuss miserable and hating the world, it does not help very much. And then I'm going to leave the rest to of my ideas about critical thinking because there are actually seven qualities that no help critical thinking. And we also know that it has to be combined with emotional intelligence. That intelligence isn't only how intelligent you are, it's that gut feeling that you don't always pay attention to or that you instantly know. And we know that that is as important way to get through life else. I'm going to, because I can be quite serious, I'm going to ask uh, Chip, who is sitting next to me, and Chip is in his 30s, I'm a completely different background than I do. We get along beautifully, we don't agree on many things, and yet we find the more we talk, the more... I can say, Chip, more I like you. I can't say we like each other. Oh, definitely. But the more I like you. Tell me what you think, Jay, anything you would like to add.
3: Well, I, I really appreciate um, that you're trying to outline critical thinking for other people. I think that that's an important way to look at things is, you know, analyzing, not just assuming you know something. I, I really enjoyed when you're hitting on the idea of having a presupposition or judgment about something prior to an experience rather than curiosity. You were saying if there was less judgment, more curiosity. And, you know, I, I had a time in my life when I was more judgmental of things or I had, um Maybe more presuppositions about things. And I was, I was like you said, maybe you were angrier younger too. You know, for me, maybe in my early 20s, I was angrier about politics or angrier about the world and had so many reasons to be upset. But now it feels like um, I had a couple of big moments in my life that changed things. You know, I used to have depression or anxiety. And since being healed of both those things, I've, I've, had like you said a curiosity that has really led to more more joy every day easier to see that there's good stuff around you things that are worth living for things that are worth feeling joy and peace and comfort in even in the uncomfortable things like you say suffering is guaranteed i 100% agree with that but yeah a a genuine sense of curiosity that every day that there's something good that i woke up for because i woke up and by the time i lay my head down i'll know what that is or i'll have an opportunity to know what that is what a
1: nice way to put it may i'm going to say something personal about you i assume i know that for you unlike for you had a god moment Mm -hmm. and that for you changed your life. You don't. Uh, but one of the things I value about our relationship, as we've been learning, is that we've come to our thinking so very differently. And I listen, and it's nice. I also have been incredibly joyful in your life.
3: Absolutely, that's one she's uh yeah it's interesting because it's not something most of my life i was excited to be up until maybe a couple years ago and my wife is kind of a born mother and at a point when i really felt like my heart had changed about it and you know they say like it's real for the dad when they hold the baby for me it was a heartbeat because i'm an audio guy so the second i heard a heartbeat but since uh you know since she's been born every day that i can get up and see her it's been incredible just to um just to see my wife maybe walk in the room with her on her shoulder and and every time I see her my heart leaps to my you know to my throat so it's incredible what a what a joy that brings me every day.
1: You would never have known that experience if you had stayed depressed and not embraced life I think.
3: Absolutely depression colored everything Um, and it was really something important to me that I didn't have it when I had a kid even though plenty of people do. Mine had hit a really bad point, so I am I am very thankful that I don't have it anymore.
1: Maybe if we're lucky, uh, Chip is a musician, and he has lots of miserable, sad songs, and he tells me he now has some joyful ones, and I haven't heard them yet. But I think that's a wonderful example about never quitting and having courage. And even though there are times... We all want to quit. We really do. We probably all want to commit suicide at some point or uh, end our life. We don't say suicide. We just somehow think magically we won't wake up the next day. Uh, You kept going, and life has changed for you, at least for now. And that's courage. That's going ahead in spite of fear. Uh, Maybe next week I'll talk more about the steps to critical thinking because I, I really like the idea because we can learn these things. They're not just magic. And what it means to have an intimate relationship in this age of robots. We only have a few seconds, but uh, I know that in Japan, for example, there are now organizations that teach people to cry because emotions are so minimized that people don't even know how to find. Okay, this is Dr. Dory. This is Mindful Matters. And I mindfully matter you. You mindfully matter with me. And we'll talk more about love, sex, spirit, health, time, and the meaning of life. We all need purpose. See you next week. Listen to you next week. Welcome.
0: Thank you for being a part of our show. Mindful Matters Love, Sex, Spirit can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be sure to join Dr. Dory Lane for another exciting show next week.